Three, two, one, ghost. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Three, Two, One, Ghost. I'm your host with a silent G, Kyle, and as always, joined by my co-host with or without a silent G. What's the verdict on that? No silent G, just a regular host, Natalie, still of the living Aww. for now. Good to see you. How are you? So good to see you. I'm doing great. Gosh, this movie's a weird one. I'm still processing it, you know, especially one that 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 I nominated that I really wanted to watch. And this is a uh, 2012's uh, David Guy, David Gee Levy. I think you can do either. Sure. Yeah, David Gee Levy's 2012 film, Would You Rather, starring Brittany Snow. Jeffrey Combs and kind of a kind of a who's who of character actors kind of a everybody of like oh I've seen this person somewhere before so it's yes. pretty exciting I um you know you and I've watched this movie before together this, together yeah there was um, that may have been the first time that we watched it was together oh yeah I think so and this was um well I mean 2012 so I was still living in San Diego at the time but I was walking through a Fry's electronics store I don't know if those still exist does that one still exist anymore the one in uh, San Diego no the one by the stadium that doesn't exist anymore yes so every now and then when you need that one thing that they they're the only ones who have it twice twice a year maybe once a year yeah there's also that there was also that weird one up in San Marcos that had like a cafe and like an aquarium. I just always felt bad for the fish. That one might still be open. I think they left like a handful of locations. So like you could drive a mm. solid hour and probably find a fries. Yeah. Maybe. Hmm. Pretty extensive anime selection, if I remember right. But <laughs> long story short, I was walking through the not as good fries, and I don't know what compelled me to see this DVD cover. Um, you know, Jeffrey Combs standing behind, you know, Brittany Snow, who's sitting down or whatever. And I just saw that and was just so, so compelled by that. And I was just like, ah, oh, shit. I just picked it up. I think I knew you and I were going to hang out. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to grab this movie. Let's go watch it. And gosh, I don't remember the rest of that story, but I do remember both of us being just surprised by this movie. I don't know. Do you, do you remember watching this for the first time? I do remember watching it for the first time, and I actually have a lot of things that align with your story. So you're forgetting a really important piece of this puzzle, mm-hmm. which is we both like were really into the the like the movie poster art for this movie like there were so many good ones and you actually had one framed for me Mm -hmm. i don't remember if it was my birthday if it was christmas i ended up having to take it off of the wall when phil was like old enough to comprehend that (laughs) my son phil that there were scary things on the wall so i took all the scary things off of the wall I've recently been putting scary things back into the house because he's a fan. And so that is going to reemerge out of the storage in the garage um, and go back on the wall soon. So very excited about that. Um, The other thing is, I think this is important for our listeners to know that here at 321 Ghost, we are big fans of dinner parties and we are big fans of party games. But when the two merge, sweet spot, chef's kiss. 
you know, when we're rating this at the end, you know, using our patent pending five boo scale, you know, I think really the the discussion's going to come down to did this movie just fly too close to the sun? <laughs> I I agree. And then the last thing that I wanted to say before we even talk about anything that happens in this movie, because I do think it's a lot lesser known than any of the other movies that we've talked about so far and maybe mm-hmm. we'll talk about in the future. So if anyone listening has not watched this movie and is listening to us talk about it for some reason, stop listening right now, watch it, and then come back and listen because we're going to spoil everything about this movie and it is a lot less fun if you know what's going to happen and the decisions that will be made probably makes sense this movie i yeah i mean just kind of scrolling through the wikipedia i mean it looks like it had went you know went to video on demand pretty quickly and then went to you know the discount horror section at fries pretty quickly as well (laughs) (laughs) because i think it must have been that year that we watched it yeah, it has a surprisingly low score on Rotten Tomatoes, which I was quite disappointed by. What's the score? 59%. So it has a 59% and then a 37% audience score. And I, like, I'm not going to show my cards too early here, but I think that is way too low. What movie were they watching? 37. Exactly. Get out of here. Exactly. I, um, <laughs> so this movie... Um, you know, I think that the, just the the pleasant thing about movies like this is, you know, like I was saying earlier, is that this movie has, like, a lot of people that you know, whether it's uh, veterans of horror or people that are like new to the horror genre that end up being in multiple horror movies. You know, just really, gosh, it just it just kind of runs the gamut here. So it's like you've got, you know, Brittany Snow, who, outside of this movie, I think people probably know best for. Um, like X, she's in the Pitch Perfect movies as well. Mm. Um, she was also in the remake of Prom Night, so yes. she's got a few horror films under her belt at this point. You've got Jeffrey Combs, who you know, of course, Reanimator, Star Trek. He's played multiple characters. You've got the Frighteners. Uh, you've got I still know what you did last summer. He's got, um, you know, that dude is like, dare I say it, industry legend. Jeffrey I knew Combs. it. <laughs> I knew it. I was add... gonna try to, I was gonna try to beat you to industry legend Jeffrey Combs, but he is. He's he's incredible in everything he's in. Oh yeah, and then and this particularly this, ah, uh, we'll, we'll get to it though. But let's. So you've got uh, Lawrence Gilliard Jr., who's uh, I know from The Wire. Um, he's been you know in supporting roles in a bunch of things. Um, you've got I'm gonna fuck up his name. Um, like Enver. Uh, Jokaj Jokai, um, who is, attempt. yeah, he was an Agent Carter. He was also in Dollhouse. I don't know if you watched any of that. I um, did watch Dollhouse, and I highly recommend it. Um, <laughs> but he's great in that. You got John Hurd, who's the dad from Home Alone. Mm. You've got you know Rob Wells, who's from Trailer Park Boys. You've got June Squibb, who was just nominated for an Oscar. I want to say like the year prior, the year after for Nebraska. That one with Will Forte, Eddie Steeples, who is in My Name Is Earl. Um, you've got Sasha Gray, who's been in thousands of movies. Too many to list here. Um, probably not many appropriate to list here, but she's got a very extensive. She's a musician. Wait, is she is she an adult? film star is that why you said that shut up really 
I did not. I didn't. I didn't recognize her. I was try. I like. I was. I was so. I'm. I was going to Google her, and I was like, I don't know who this girl is. Yeah, careful when googling her. I mean, well, you know, I mean, like, you know, I think she she talks about it. Like, um, I mean, you know, she has her own podcast now. She's like, I think, written a couple books. I know she's been in. Well, I mean, she was in this. My wife told me that she was in Entourage, which I'm like, do you watch Entourage? Which I don't think she does, so I don't know. I think she Googled it. And then, um, and she's done a few other things, but yeah, here, I was going to make the joke. He was one of the few that I was like, I can, like, I just don't recognize her from anything. That makes sense. She's extremely hot, so. I was going to make that joke where it's like, you know, and then Sasha Gray, who's, feels like a face I've seen a million times. I just can't put my finger on it. <laughs> feels like a face I see every day. So, but I think the cast is bad and stilted as the acting is still pretty fun. I, I do like this group of people. I, um, mm-hmm. I did like, you know, it's kind of one note as everybody was, and there's probably some superfluous characters you don't need, but I think, uh, I don't know. I still had a lot of fun. And like I said, we and her, like you were saying earlier, gosh, these, man, the d- dinner party movies and like game sort of spooky game sort of situation movies, like, oh, I love them so much. It's my favorite sub sub genre of horror movies. Why? Wait, why would it be subs sub sub genre? I, I don't know. Cause I guess it's like a two different sub genres. If you, if you want to, if okay, you want to separate dinner party and game. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you sh- they should be separated because I can think of a few where it's a game, but right. not a dinner party. Maybe it's a sleepover. Yeah. And then you've got dinner parties that end up just being deadly. Deadly games, deadly dinner yeah. parties. I think that's the tagline. Um, you know, this movie, and I don't know, you know, I, I guess I didn't put two and two together and it feels, I feel kind of dumb now, but... Um, which would, would you consider this a torture porn movie oh my gosh no and when i was reading some of the reviews it like it seemed like the people who didn't enjoy it thought it was supposed to be a torture porn film and were disappointed or thought that it went too light mm-hmm. but in my mind i didn't go into this movie at all thinking that like I wouldn't have compared it to Saw and I think just because it's a a deadly game it was automatically framed like in a in a Saw type you know like a Saw type category but I wouldn't consider it torture porn I think it leaves enough to the imagination like you don't see a lot of things actually happening yeah would you and I would say that's probably due to budget i would assume you know kind of cutting away from things you know um but yeah i don't know i mean i guess i was like when i think of torture porn i don't know like i think of like saw like hostile you know Mm. um gosh like the devil's rejects had some like really like rough scenes on it too you know um gross ones how I define what I think pushes something from being like gory and or like cringy versus moving into territory of torture porn is that one to two extra seconds of hold on something that you don't need to see, like your imagination will paint the picture for you. 
So like, I'll use an example that we've seen before where like nails, like fingernails are being pulled off. And if you actually, I know, but if you actually see it happen, that to me is either torture porn, or I guess that could even fit into body horror. That's a whole nother, whole nother subgenre. But yeah, like if someone else is pulling off your fingernail and you actually witness it happening, like that could be, that would be torture porn to me or like clipping off a toe. I think that happens in one of the hostile movies and you actually see it happen rather than just hear the clip. I guess I, I guess I always kind of associate torture porn movies, you know, or, you know, using that phrase or whatever, like to a certain like decade or era of movies too, Mm -hmm. where it's like, you know, there was like, you know, the saws and hostels. So this was like 2000, four to 2010 2010 or something and or to 2012 but um when you have like yeah your hostels and you have your saws but then i would also like lump in things that like you know some of those like hills have eyes movies texas chainsaw remakes that just get a you know Mm. where it's just like really just about like just torturing some like poor woman hanging from like a hook or something and it's like so like i wouldn't think a movie like hellraiser is torture porn but I mean, like, it meets all the criteria, right? No, I don't think or is that it does. just body horror. I think that is a combination of body horror and you're like, that's just hot. All that stuff. It's, it's just, just, it's just, it's just sexy. sexy. Yeah, it's just sexy. <laughs> it's like they just like nipple clamps. Kyle, what's, what's the issue? Yeah, that's totally normal. Friday nights here. Um, no, it that to me isn't torture porn because it's. I don't know it's fast so to me it, it fits more in like gore and then like body horror with like you know skin melting and coming off and all of that yeah so i think like a movie like this i wouldn't i guess i didn't immediately think of it that, that way even though like yeah, i mean i guess they all are torturing each other yes so like by those standards yes but i guess i don't know yeah just kind of like you said like in the confines of like not even just like a game like you know this like elaborate mousetrap rube goldberg situation that like the saw movies do but Mm. this like of like you know oh would you rather you know pick you know in my left hand or my right hand but like both of them are like a punch to the arm or something you know what i mean or like you know or it's like oh you want this or this and like one of them's gonna be like eating a worm and the other one's gonna have to be like i don't know did you Something did worse. you ever play this game for real in your life? Not like really. whether it was like a like just questions being asked or like almost like two different dares that no one would want to do. Um, I think probably both. Not that I can like remember specific times where I have, but yeah, yeah. I mean, like I'm sure it's just like a you know, would you rather do this or do that? You know, and okay. usually it would be like both pretty bad scenarios. You know. So I had never. Like, I know, I know what, what the game is and what it entails, but I had never played this game before. Apparently, uh-huh. I promise not to tell too many mom stories, but my, like, first real life exposure to this game was through Phil. Apparently, all the seven and eight-year-olds play Would You Rather mm-hmm. He did ask me to play that game with him once. Yes. And you were like, hell no, because this is what you thought of was this movie. Yes. But he, so he wants to play this game all the time with me. And he gives me these really dark scenarios. Like, he's like, who would you rather lose? Like, 
your your brother or your mom and i'm like oh my god like no one wants to answer those questions where are you getting these dark concepts from so he'll ask like or like you know would you rather have no money but have like a plate like a, a roof over your head he gets like deep with it so when i said when he heard me say casually to joel my husband that we were going to be watching would you rather and he said oh I want to watch that. And I said, Oh no, absolutely not. Like, this is a really scary movie. And he's like, I still want to watch that. And I was like, no, it's like really scary. He's like, well, what is it about? And I'm like, okay, me just even telling him the premise. I'm like, this is going to scare him off for sure. So I give him the premise of like, people go to a dinner party and they have to choose whether or not they want to like hurt themselves or hurt someone else. And people die and get electrocuted and stabbed. So I'm literally telling him all these things. Someone's going to call CPS on me. Yeah. And he goes, oh, my God, that sounds great. Let's watch it right now. And I was like, proud horror mom moment. But no, it's like, no, you you absolutely cannot watch this movie. And now it is downloaded or purchased on my Amazon Prime. So who knows what will happen from here? It's out of my hands. Um, but that that's my first long story short. That's been my first exposure to the game. Would you rather? Damn, on Dark I don't Star. know. Well, see, he's well preparing himself to join the Lambrick Foundation, or maybe he'd be he'd be pegged to win something like this. But um, <laughs> so the so the movie opens up on um, Iris, played by Brittany Snow. Um, this uh, this opening the, the music just drives me up the wall i um with that like weird like marching snare situation um oh, oh i could not handle that music but kind of like cutting and then kind of these interspersed shots of her applying for a restaurant job um Which is and then the world's most depressing interview yeah i mean like i know i know he said he was a uh, was the guy was being nice and was going to offer a job and he was like oh yeah you can at least be a host i'm kind of curious mm -hmm. like what job she was applying for initially a server was it a server did she say that yeah i, th huh. I think that he had said that he was like i don't know like without any restaurant experience if we'd be able to bring you on i think that was kind of part of the maybe i was reading too much into it but i think it's funny to like have someone who has no work experience but she's like oh like i'm in college like i'm a reliable person and he's like we cannot have you as a server like maybe you could be a hostess i really like that dynamic um that you know she could be academically experienced but there's no way we're gonna let her be a server which like just shows a completely different skill set and resilience than she might have which i Maybe I'm, again, mm -hmm. maybe as a retail warrior, thinking too deep into this, but I feel like it was, like, an interesting thing to think of, like, someone who's, like, academic, almost as, like, soft and couldn't handle, like, the restaurant industry, and then she goes into this situation that's, like, way more intense and handles that shit. Maybe. I don't yeah. know. I thought a lot about the interview. I really did. <laughs> <laughs> I um I don't know. I've watched I've I've I'm like 3 episodes in on the bear and I don't know. Restaurant situations are just stressful. I don't know. I I could never. I five like, stars to anyone who's ever worked in in food service like for being able to handle that sort of pressure. I have 
tons of family who have, and I've never, never had the guts to even get my feet wet there. Oh yeah. Like I'll, I'll take the ice pick through the leg. <laughs> Definitely. I, Would you uh, rather? <laughs> yeah. So, um, oh my gosh, we've, we've started. Um, so, you know, just to demonstrate, so like Brittany Snow, she's hard on her luck. Um, her mm. mother is gone due to an accident. We don't know where the other parent is. Right. And then, but it's, so it's her and her brother who has mm -hmm. leukemia. Um, He's very clearly like terminally ill. Like I, I feel like that's very well established from the get go. Yeah. And he's, um, you know, and they're just talking through like, Hey, they don't have the money and just how kind of hard it's been. And, you know, and, and he's feeling some guilt and, you know, of, uh, you know, spoiler alert, um, spoiler alert and trigger warning. We do talk about suicide in this episode. Um, so just a heads up on that, um, especially with the, you know, the, the odd way that that it's handled <laughs> in this movie. So um, just a trigger warning for everybody. But um, this, you know, this brother's, you know, he's seeing how tired she is. He's feeling guilty, you know, and is like, hey, you know, you need to take some time for yourself. And um she is like i'm not gonna do that i don't have time to do that blah 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 you know i want to focus on my brother how can i turn my back on my brother and mm -hmm. she gets this call from her doctor correct mm -hmm. well not doctor, her doctor his doctor his doctor dr brayden yes Braden. lawrence gillier yeah. jr from the wire mm -hmm. and says hey i've got i've got a plan for you know, you to pay for your medical costs, you know, it was the medical mm -hmm. costs for your brother, you know, but I need you to come down here and we'll talk it through. And she agrees to go. And, and this I is would. when we, yeah, well, and that's the thing, like, you know, and, and this is where she meets, you know, she goes to the doctor's office and meets Jeffrey Combs, uh, the Mr. Lambert, Lambert, Lambert. Wait, pause before you sure. even get in this office. Yeah. I don't know how many times you've seen this movie, but I've seen it at least four or five times, maybe. Uh -huh. Maybe. First time I've ever noticed when she is going, when she's walking into the building, he holds it... the door for Linda, the the older woman who is at the dinner party. So she had just left the office and met with them as Iris was going in they were they were both entering together oh they were entering together i thought yeah. she was leaving okay they're, yeah they were entering together and i want and i so, and i meant to ask is that is that linda it is linda okay but also they don't really say much about linda's story but i do think it's interesting that it's dr barden that dr barden would be treating someone with leukemia and then also linda who presumably is just elderly and paralyzed from the waist down so Unless... two very different types of medicines to be practiced mm, just a thought maybe there's multiple doctors or practices in the building i don't know yeah and he just kind of picks through all of them polyclinic situation i don't know yeah um, he would have access to all of their files so so they so she so she goes and meets with with the doctor and Jeffrey Combs is there and I'm like <laughs> it was pretty funny you know they explain pretty quickly what the situation is is that like mm -hmm. all right there's a game you we would love to invite you to 
the doctor has won this game before um and you know introduces her to jeffrey combs who is Mm -hmm. you know demonstrating his disregard for other people by leaving his peanut shells and shit all over the couch like an asshole i'm so glad you said that because i was like what a fucking dick just putting his his shells right on that couch in a doctor's office yeah that would be a that's a red flag right there Oh, absolutely. I'd be like, I don't trust this motherfucker. I don't care how much money he has. And, you know, I thought it was funny where the doctor, you know, tells her, um, I had already lost my wife. I was about to lose my practice, you know, and then he came in and, and helped me, you know, and I'm like, clearly, you have no problem violating, you know, client patient you know, you know, patient doctor confidentiality, right? Yeah. By bringing, HIPAA you know, laws who? HIPAA laws, right? And then, um, so I'm like, maybe you like kind of deserve to lose your practice, you know? Like he doesn't say like the wife dies. It just is like the wife leaves. Maybe she just left him because she's like, you're a fucking asshole and the shitty doctor. And he you're was going right. to lose. He's, he yeah, so... lost his wife, but he doesn't say, he doesn't really specify. So I'm like, her. So I'm like, maybe, you know, the Lambrex or Lambrex or whatever, I'm going to mess up on this name the whole time. Um, <laughs> I know they all say it, they all say it differently, but it's, um, some of them say Lambert and then some of them say Lamberg. It's Lamberg, which also, Lamberg. which also, I don't know if you caught at the very beginning of the credits, the first thing that comes up in the beginning of the movie is like Lamberg Foundation Presents. So like, did they also fund this movie? It's a very, it's a very unnecessary that. and ridiculous, like meta winking dumb thing. But I didn't again, even notice that. but you know, it's like this doctor who may very well just could have been a shitty doctor and deserved to lose his practice. You know, I think of like Rob Wells who, you know, alludes that he's a gambler. So you're, you're assuming that he's there because of gambling debt. So he must mm-hmm. not be a very good gambler, especially as we find out later on. So yeah, it's like- because the, the common denominator is just desperation, not necessarily that you need the money for a good deed. That's the thing, right. So it's not yeah. even like, and that's the kind of the weird part about this movie is so it's not even like Jeffrey Combs is like getting people who are shitty anyway so it doesn't you know to like you know leave you know alleviate that guilt a little bit mm-hmm. um not that it seems like he feels guilty about any of this the entire time through um but yeah i just thought that was interesting so she pretty quickly says like okay i'll go right and you know tells the brother that she's gonna be going out with friends or whatever and he's no like, oh, she yeah. thinks it over she took some time i thought she decided in the office no she said can i think about it and then he handed her the card and he said yeah like you take the time to think but you need to rsvp by 8 p.m and i was like that's not that's a quick turnaround time still right yeah so she she had to think about it which i'll i'll give her some credit for for that i um i'm curious how this movie did internationally because the entire crux of this movie and Brittany Snow being in this position where she would participate in this is something that is unique to America as far yeah. as developed countries. Like who with universal health care, like, like, like if you're watching this movie like in France, right? And you're like, 
how do you even like get around that concept of like, wait, what? Like, what, what do you mean? What extra why? money does she need? Like, what, what yeah, are you talking why, about? Why isn't her government just paying for it? Yeah. Where's, where's your government official? <laughs> yeah. Why weren't they in the room for this conversation? Right. So I'm like, this is something that is very unique to the United States. Yeah. And then also I'm like, how is this any different than like, putting you know these kids up for like half court shots at basketball games for like a shot at college tuition or you know this bake sale that you know this child without legs put together to get robot legs i don't know <laughs> i just feel like i see that shit like online all these times and it's always framed as this like heartwarming story everybody pitches into the bake sale for the kid and now they can get their robot legs and you're just like what why do we have to be put in a position where the kid needs to have the bake sale for this to happen right and yeah. the same situation like this is such a unique thing that mm -hmm. now this woman like seriously like we i think i would and you would if we were in this position we were at, we would absolutely consider like oh well shit. i mean there's more boring ways to get this money but at least I mean, I don't think it's any secret that the U.S. has the healthcare system that we do. Like, I feel like if you're from anywhere in the world, like you would anyone anywhere in the world that would be watching this movie. Like, I feel like you would be aware of what our situation is and be like, damn, it must be hard over there in the good old U.S. of A. Poor Iris can't even get a job as a server to pay her brother's medical bills like. Do you, like a bone marrow transplant i'm i'm hoping that she has some sort of health insurance but that is not necessarily fully covered and then she can't go to school and they're like wait 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 is she paying for her own college too yeah maybe <laughs> like what was the mom i wonder what the mom was doing like why are why were they in so much debt to begin with because they had to sell the house mm -hmm. and the house was sold that sign Show the realtor sign said it was sold. So I'm assuming that they desperately sold it for less than it was worth just to get cash to make ends meet. Yeah. But that being yeah. said, I um I, I do like the relationship between Brittany Snow and her brother. I I'm do like, too. You know, I think those conversations, you know, they feel generally pretty natural. It's probably the the best acting we'll see in the entire movie um is just these I, scenes I in the car and maybe in the kitchen between them i think they do a really good job of they have good chemistry on screen as siblings and showing like love and like sharing sadness mm -hmm. and i i do agree that they're they're both they're really good they play really well off of each other and i have i have a lot more thoughts about their relationship at the end of the movie too Okay. Um, so she is, you know, she decides, all right, let's do it. You know, tells her brother, I'm going to go out with friends, you know, for the night. Don't wait up for me. He's like, all right, sounds good. He's got his plans. And um, she gets picked up. And I said, and the same thing, I don't, I, I didn't figure out where it was from, but I swear I've seen this house before, like where she gets picked up from. It does look familiar. For some reason, I think it might be the house from Megan. Oh. Which I don't know. But that's a, that's a pretty wild guess, though, off the top of my head. But It reminds me of it. 
So she gets picked up and taken to, you know, this haunted mansion. Um, <laughs> she's like, I don't know how long this car ride is because she's like sleeping in the car. And just I would... as great advice as a woman who got in a car with a man that you've never met before to a place that you don't know where you're going, please don't fall asleep in a car. Don't do that. Like, I feel I feel like her character should be smarter than that. Like, I won't even give count points against her for going to this event because in her mind it's a charity event with games i'm thinking reality tv like right. something like that so like i i would do it too in that just that desperate of a situation like mm. i'm with her up until this point of falling asleep like you you'd be so nervous and uncomfortable like i feel like that would keep you awake i know i mean like any any you know yeah any person you know yeah. feeling weird i mean you can just like text your lift trip, you know, to somebody, right? I'm like, there's got to be a similar situation. Yeah, um, she said she has friends. So let's just tell those friends, hey, like, just in case, this is the last place that I was going to. So she goes and she's the last guest to arrive. Um, love the clue vibes here. Mm -hmm. All of this is great. Like I said, I love dinner parties. Uh, especially when there's violence and murder involved. So this is this is all <laughs> fantastic for me. I love this. You're introduced to everybody. Um, and through, through Lucas and Cal. They're both right. going through the roster of everybody and kind of giving Iris little warnings here and there. Mm -hmm. You know, just like any good party, you know, everyone puts their keys in a bowl. I feel like I did that plenty at, at Keggers. Uh, but it's their keys and their phones for discretion the phone i don't know if i would have done that'd be tough and also weren't they they were driven there so that would be their house keys that they're putting into that bowl because they didn't drive their cars so they wouldn't be able to leave so it's not a sobriety thing that that to me is another red flag like i get that it's a discretion thing but i don't know like that bothers me too. Yeah. So um, I did like the, uh, the music's much better here. I wrote this... a note of that too. The music cue when they enter the dining room, it's so good. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, you know, I, uh, I said that opening music with the weird, like weird, just kind of computerized snare roll or whatever is very weird, but yeah, here's where it gets like really good. Uh, so mm -hmm. that's his, that is chef's kiss. Yeah. Uh, music. I love it so much. Um, and then they sit down and then you're introduced to everybody again, as well as, uh, you know, Jeffrey Combs, as well as what's the, his butler's name? Bevers? Bevins. Bevins. Yeah. Got it. I keep thinking of the baseball player, Raphael Devers, and then I keep calling him Bevers, but it's Bevins. It's Bevins. So it's it's a couple shades off, but um, mm -hmm. so, and they they serve dinner, steak and potatoes. It's classic. Mm -hmm. And then we get to our first, would you rather situation? Is this really a would you rather situation, or just more of like a, I dare you to do this, or a transaction? I, it's a that to me is a dare, and something that you just breezed over that I think is extremely important to address is that the doctor is very clearly getting paid because they go back to that cut into the office yeah. with, um, with she Shepard and uh, the doctor. And he hands him like an envelope that makes a sound 
when it lands on the desk, which means that that's enough money to slap that table um, for his discretion. And he kind of shows a little moment of weakness there. And they also introduce Julian, his son, early on. And he's like giving him a verbal warning of like, we can't have any of the shenanigans of last last time. And what is that actor's name that Um, plays Julian? I didn't didn't, write down his name. I didn't write down his name. The only other thing I know he's in is he plays the penguin in this like Batman spinoff TV. Yeah. He and like he looks like a villain. His he, face looks evil to me. Yeah, his his face looks like like yeah. That's I would look at that guy and say pervert. You know. Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. I feel so sorry for him that that's the way mm. that he looks because he he looks menacing and it's probably I feel like some of the actors that play the most like menacing characters like sometimes are the nicest people but yeah he looks menacing and I think he's perfect. For this particular role like his general look he looks like like a nepo baby son like 100 and it's funny yeah they this movie comes out four years before donald trump is elected president um and i was watching this and i was like okay maybe before the torture parts right but at least this dinner party scene where you know He's like saying like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll see if you're really vegetarian. I'll throw money at you. I'll see if you mm-hmm. break. Everyone has a price and like making like the recovering alcoholic, like, you know, drink, mm-hmm. you know, the scotch or whatever. I'm like, and then just like the pervert weirdo son, just like giggling and cackling like a jackass, you know? And, yeah. and I'm just like, I wonder how many dinners like this happened at the white house from 2016 to 2020 and i'm like i don't know that's just how it's that's just how i imagine like so and just from the rest of the movie i was just like thinking like jeffrey combs is just like it's just like like a donald trump Trump dinner yeah because especially just like just this complete lack of like you know explanation for like why he's doing this i mean why he explains it it's just a non-explanation but yeah it just like talks nonsense and loves to torture people because it's funny and yeah that's it and then and and then anybody who he does pay is just so here's here's the the fun Uh thing about this first one that comes up so he like obviously you know iris shares early on like the food is served and she says oh i should have probably mentioned this i'm a vegetarian and he uses that against her and he offers her $10,000 to eat it. So my my assumption here, I'd be like, oh, this guy's a total fucking dick. And he's just like preying on us for like to feel powerful. Like, and I would hope that that would be the extent of the game. Um, but you're a vegetarian. Would you eat that meat for $10,000? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Absolutely, right? Yeah. I oh, was yeah. like, she she says no. I would have said yes in a heart when I was vegetarian. Absolutely, I would have eaten that meat. Oh, I would have I would have done it for less. Yeah, yeah, it would have yeah. been like a thousand bucks. I'm like, fuck yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like the cow, like what? Like the cow's dead. And the way that he describes the dinner, I was like, damn, that sounds fucking delicious. Like yeah. the wine reduction, come on. Like, no. at least it's, like, a good 
dinner. It's not like he's asking her to eat a McDonald's hamburger. That's all just pride right there. I mean, like, pride's not going to save that cow. And you're you're no. just around strangers. It's not like anyone's going to go tell on you. It's not anyone's going to go revoke your vegetarian mm-hmm. card, right? So Exactly. It, because yeah. any any person, like, if someone told me, like, wow, I can't believe that you compromised your vegetarianism for $10,000, I'd be like, you're a fucking idiot. Absolutely you would if someone offered you $10,000. Yeah. I was like, no one, no one is paying $10,000 for your fucking pride, dude. You're you're good. Um, (laughs) The only other thing though, is like, you know, I, I I know that if it was chicken, absolutely, you know, like red meat, right. Isn't that like, there's like an enzyme that's like, you know, after you haven't been eating it for a long time, it's a little harder. So it might make you sick. But I Mm -hmm. think even then there's kind of a range on how that even affects people. Girl, go through, go through the vomiting and shitting. It's worth it like absolutely yeah still worth that Mm. yeah i if someone said hey if i could like i'm just gonna give you food poisoning for 24 hours will you take ten thousand dollars absolutely yeah Mm. we've all been there yeah Yeah. (laughs) but it it sets the it definitely sets the scene the scene for how shitty jeffrey combs is in this entire movie the way he's like like giggling and saying like decades of what does he say like devout vegetarianism the way that he says it like to really just like just really let it sink in that she's like swallowing her pride for money and that ten thousand dollars means nothing to him yeah i um now now the next one john heard home alone dad very correctly says that's this is totally different (laughs) Because Jeffrey Combs yeah. is like, how, how is this any different? She is it's a devout totally vegetarian. Different. You are devoutly, uh, you know, not drinking anymore. And it's like, well, no, he's a recovering. There's a difference between like if you're just like, oh, I like I choose not to drink for you know my general health, well-being, my mental state, whatever it is, and being a recovering alcoholic. Like, that's a yeah. huge deal. Yeah. For what did he say? For like, he said he hadn't had a drink in 15, 20 years. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And the offer that's given, so the glass of wine for $10,000 or the decanter of scotch for $50,000, that's where I would start getting a little bit scared because a decanter of scotch could actually send someone in the hospital. Now, if he was that bad of an alcoholic that he hasn't drank in 15 years, obviously he can handle the decanter because he does, but... Mm-hmm. I would be really scared for him if I were at that party. I'd be like, bro, I don't want to watch you get alcohol poisoning. Like, I, yeah. He doesn't even drink the whole thing, does he? Oh, he does. Oh, dang. That's, Jesus. Even, even, he even, gets the 50,000. Even if it doesn't, you know, hurt you or kill you, just like, just the, you'd be able, wouldn't be able to stand up, especially at the speed that he drank that too. That's uh, ugh, gosh, that that's had gross. to have been like fifteen minutes in like real real time, not in movie time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now, um, and you know, and maybe then I will excuse his uh his decision later on to stay. You know, because well, he's shit faced at that point, right? And I wasn't sure if him standing up. And then sitting back down was like him just drunk and just falling back down a little bit. Maybe it's a little half and half, or it's like him being like, you know what, fuck it, I'll stay. But even then, he's pretty intoxicated, so he's the only one that gets a pass. 
because he had his 50k like okay i would have been like oh yeah. absolutely i'm gonna get out of here i'm gonna but would but i have to know would you have drank the decanter for 50k or would you have just drank the glass of wine for 10k because i'm thinking you're more likely to win all the other games and get the big prize if you're not completely shit-faced. He has no idea what kind of games they're going to be faced with. Like, what if it was, like, physical sports or something like that? Like, he would have he would have lost. Physical sports? Like, what sports are they going to do? Like, at, like, No, I'm just night. giving a dumb example. <laughs> I wouldn't, I, I would die if I drank a decanter of scotch. Like, it, it would kill me. So, like, I, I mean, I know he's a grown man who's a former alcoholic, but I would have gone for the glass of wine at 10K. If you could handle the decanter of scotch, would would you choose that for the 50K over the, the wine? That's hard to say, and I don't know. I don't want to... It's it's like I said, it's completely different when you're in the minds of just like, I don't know, and someone's in recovery like that. It's like, you know, me... I just don't have that context to be kind of put there yeah. where I'm just like, Oh, you know, like me, I'm just like right now, me, you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll drink the decanter, get the 50 K like, absolutely. Well, that's what I'm saying. But as, I am as not, you. I yeah. am not. Yeah. in that dude's position. So, yeah. you know, there's um, no way for us to be in that mindset. So I would say, um, yeah, but absolutely do it. Especially like then if they like offer, you know, if he offers like, okay, you all have your out now, you can get out now. Mm -hmm. Or you can stay, and I'd be like, dude, I have fifty k. I'm leaving. I have fifty k. I'm fucking out of here. Yeah, I'm good. Even Drive with the ten, home. even with the ten k, I'm like, okay, this is a little weird, but I'll take the ten k. Sure, that's ten k. Yeah. I did not know I was gonna have earlier that day. Yeah. Right. So. And the way that he explains the rules and the how you're eliminated. One, the word eliminated, I. Like, you know, I have the horror movie glasses on, so I'm thinking eliminated definitely means dead. Whereas mm -hmm. everyone else is like, oh, like you're eliminated from the game. Like, so if you choose not to do something, you just lose and you don't get the prize. Like, that's the mindset that they're going into it with. But like, you can tell that shit's going to get dark after the decanter incident. No, oh, Like, yeah. it's really going to push your fucking limits. I loved how, you know, he's explaining the rules and I just love that. The example that one, two, or just how he's like, uh, like, oh, I forget the name. Like Travis is the guy's name or it's like yeah. Travis. Would you rather kiss, you know, this guy or would you rather kiss Iris? And then, um, you know, he goes like, well, you know, Iris, you know, and then fucking June Squibb, who is like the MV, like this, just Linda. the secret MVP of this movie. Linda just goes, you want us to kiss? And you're going to make us kiss each other and just kind of laughs. You're going to make us kiss each other. And her, the way that she delivers her lines, she is not, she is in a different movie than everybody else. And I... <laughs> I don't think anyone told her, like, I think people were, she was just finding out as the movie was going, what movie she was in, because she didn't I read just the script. Like, no, her, <laughs> she her, page by page. her responses are just so, it's just like so innocent and just so just like, like almost like just like through the eyes of a child. Yeah. <laughs> like her, yeah. It's so good. So I just put June I, Squibb as lol. 
Um, yeah. And, yeah. And like, obviously there's a lot of deception going on here, but what a shitty example. Like he could have used an example of like, oh, let's say you have arachnophobia. Like, would you rather stick your hand into a box of spiders or, you know, X, Y, and Z? Like that would have been a more fitting example. Like, so, you know, like you're going to face some fears. Like there's just so such a high level of deception going on there that like, I don't think I would have left at that point. Like if I had no money in hand, if I had no money in hand and I was that desperate to save my brother, I think well, I would stay. Yeah. To be fair, because it didn't get violent at that point like no. yet. Right. It was just going to be like, okay, you're just going to make me like do something fucking humiliating and shit. Yeah, you're going to shame. You're going to get shamed. Yeah. And swallow your pride for the money. But yeah, for the 50K or the 10K, be like, no, this is already weird enough. I'm good. I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like the, you know, the question, the question we ask the Elon Musks and the Jeff Bezoses and the whatevers, the Mark Zuckerbergs of the world. Um, why don't you just help all of us? Yeah. <laughs> and then Jeffrey yeah. Combs goes into his dumb non-answer of you know i'm fascinated by choice and by the decision is the crux of the i don't even know what the fuck he was saying i'm not even close to you know paraphrasing it but i just love that it just reminds me of like you know it's like elon musk being like i could solve world hunger and everyone's like well okay cool why don't you and then he's like oh we would love that well uh yeah well (laughs) it's this and this and this. I can just imagine him like responding that way. Yeah. And just like, yeah, every billionaire just thinking like, oh yeah, I guess I could hmm, yeah. just do the opposite. Or I could just like buy Twitter and fire people and be shitty and just be really obnoxious and demeaning to people. Yeah. The, <laughs> like Jeffrey Gomes in this, this movie. Is, it's a great example of having way too much money and not knowing what the fuck to do with it. So you're just like, you know what? Like, why not go hunt men on an island? Like, why not? Yeah. I've, I've got enough cash for it. Um, this, this movie is ahead of its time in some ways, I think, for uh, the reflection of just where our, where I see our, our billionaires going. Yeah. I don't think we're far off. Yeah. Um. So they, they go into the first would you rather circle around right and it starts first with real game the first real game right with uh cal and mm-hmm. they put like a you know the little electrocution little headset you know situation mm-hmm. on him kind of like no i guess it's not like the thing like ghostbusters um you know that he like, hooks him up to in the beginning but kind of similar situation and yeah. then who else does he put it on does he put it on sasha gray or does amy. He put it on? oh yeah amy right yeah. and then you know Cal being a nice guy. Now this is so he you you said you you have it kind of written down what everyone's choices are kind of when it gets to this point, right? I do. So I think this one is the most interesting to to talk about because mm-hmm. you've got the dynamic of him being a man and her being a woman. Yeah. And him having to choose who's getting electrocuted and not knowing not fully knowing how powerful the electrocution is because they're the first ones that are posed or he's the first one that's posed with this decision. I'm going to be real. I would have chose her to see how strong the shock was. I absolutely would not have done it on myself first. No way. 
Hmm. Yeah. I'd be so scared. Like I would feel extremely guilty. I would do it with a lot of remorse, but I would be so self-preserving it like that. I I wouldn't have been able to take the shock myself the first time. Hmm. Yeah. You really kind of, and I guess you're kind of hoping to set the set the standard there for like you know hey if I just shock myself maybe everyone else will be cool about it we just shock ourselves and we you know try to have some solidarity but quickly that goes off the rails and that does not work that way. Well, I think he I think he made the the right choice given like I I think that's a good way to like set the scene of like I'm not going to hurt someone else I'm a good person, but yeah it it does go off the rails pretty quickly but I out of fear. Like if I'm not making it into the dentist for a cleaning without anxiety, there's no way that I'm electrocuting myself. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> I know. Gosh. And then, so what they put it then like on Amy and then June squib. Then, yeah. Then it uh, moves Lindy, on Linda. to Amy. So we're going, we're going around the table to Amy. She gets the choice to electrocute herself or Linda, who is much older. So yeah would most likely have like could die from the same amount of electrocution that Cal took and Amy doesn't even let him finish the question she fucking smashes that button so fast like she's on a game show yeah I mean because the way it's working like that'll be like hey that means I don't have to be shocked this until this whole time you know and you know she's thinking longevity right so yeah (laughs) so we clearly see that she's self-preserving without remorse she wants the win poor linda right who then shock who does it makes the right choice shocks rob wells rob wells Mm -hmm. shocks himself so he gets it twice right yeah yeah i wouldn't take the second shock i would pass it to the next person yeah, I know. It's, it's once I knew how weak, once I knew, not weak, but like once I knew you could survive it, I wouldn't yeah. do it to someone a second time around and or like someone else when it was my turn again, if it happened again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, in So in the middle of this electrocution round, it cuts to Dr. Barden grabbing his gun and... I feel like it's such a weird thing and it just breaks. It takes me out of the suspense of the whole situation because it's the first time shit's really escalating. So you're like, whoa, what the fuck's going to happen next? And all of a sudden you're just in his house and you're like, okay, obviously we were setting him up to feel remorse and come, you know, save the day. Um, But yeah, I I wasn't happy about that cut because then you jump back into the electrocution circle and i'm trying to think i don't remember if it skips someone well remember it skips john heard because he's dead they did shoot him when he was trying to get out after they Mm -hmm. they agreed to stay forgot to mention that and then you know they um next and it goes to the guy sitting across from rob wells i forget that dude's name um gosh travis is that travis right travis is the, the the war vet and then travis is Travis is um the dude next to him is like you can he's like you got me you know I can do it you know so he passes yeah so he passes Mm -hmm. on Lucas Lucas gets shocked and then Lucas shocks himself instead Mm -hmm. of Iris and then Cal then shocks Iris but again no Iris shocks herself 
She's given the choice to shock herself or Cal. And she shocks herself. Then who does Cal shock? Her? So she gets a choice. I don't know. No, because Cal already made his choice at the beginning. Because mm, he was the I, first. I thought that was on, Iris. Oh, right, right, right. And that's what it is. Mm-hmm. But they did put it back yeah. on him again, right? Yeah, that's Yes, what it was. they put so, it back right. on him at and, the uh, end. So he's the shocky. Damn, Lucas, you know, like, just... I wouldn't have fucking gave a shit about sparing Iris, man. Finding out kind of that she's not going to give two fucks about him later. Lucas is my, I think, my least favorite character. And it's because he's like... And maybe it's because I'm too weak to be that character, but he's so like on this high horse of like don't hurt others and like quick to help people make their decisions and i'm like bro you need to fucking step back like yeah it's a high pressure situation and everybody's gonna make the decisions that they're gonna make like i think you just need to let it roll and stop trying to reason also you don't know when you're gonna get shot in the head for saying the wrong thing so i'd be zipping it up unless he was like trying to be like trying to be helpful or appear to be helpful but really like it was like him just trying to manipulate the game so he could win or whatever that would have been much smarter than what happens but um i i agree yeah because then it's like oh you know how to do a tourniquet you know where to stab people like or like where the major arteries are like he's useful don't kill him um then they uh so they go around and then they transition to the ice pick as well as this this like whipping stick um, and important to note that travis mouths off to Julian at the penguin yeah before this round and literally yes at the penguin and and it's an ice pick full circle <laughs> and he says that he says something like like you're gonna regret that yeah, show something, me respect, something. and he's like, show yeah, me respect, and whatever, whatever. Yeah. you know, like so he's, and then I think he's just like, oh, put the, put whatever, whatever by his chair, whatever, you know, because they're gonna plan mm-hmm. on torturing him, but so they do the ice pick and whip situation, and really everyone's just being like, up, oh, all right, you know, whipping Travis seems like to be, or hitting Travis seems to be like the best it's option the each time because. You know, it's, uh, yeah, you know, because they keep talking about, like, you know, the major artery you don't want to hit with that ice pick. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, they've really, which shows that it's a very easy artery to hit. I, okay, so this is this is my, my horror movie brain probably mm. not doing me justice here. But let's just think of the logistics. Now, okay. if you're using the whipping staff, on travis the first time we know he's gonna live through that and he'll be okay so like Mm -hmm. that is the logical choice that iris makes because obviously stabbing someone in the thigh they are going to lose a lot of blood but how many times have we seen in movies people get glass shards in their leg shot in the leg and they're running around town they're running upstairs they're doing all this shit like they just tie it off with a piece of t-shirt and they're good to go for the next 12 hours like so i'm like how how untrue is that versus how untrue it would be so likely that you would hit 
this major artery? Like, is there a trick to it that you hit the leg from the side instead of the top? I was really thinking about the logistics of this because at a certain point, once you get to the second series of Travis getting struck, it's very clear that he should not have a third, a third dose of that. Like, no. we know we're going to push him over the edge and he still has to go around the whole fucking table. So at that point, I would say, okay, somebody's going to need to get stabbed in the thigh. And when, when Peter has to choose, it's Linda or Travis, to stab Linda in the leg or strike Travis, he made the right choice. He's the like, voice of reason there. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he actually, I, I would have done the same thing. I would have done the same thing too. I mean, I just, you know, probably would have. Like, Linda, you're not going to feel it. Yeah. I just, you know, probably would have like, you know, just aimed a little better probably. Right. And maybe like, would they notice if you didn't go that deep? Right. There's a few where I, you know, there's another one later where I'm just like, he could have faked that and gotten away with it just fine. Just be like, ah, it hurts. Um, Well, when, when Lucas, when Lucas strikes Travis, he goes real hard on him, like way harder than Iris did. And I'm like, whoa, bro, like, chill oh, out. Same with Cal, too. It's like, look, it's like, I get it where they're like, you know, oh, no, you know, you have to put your arm into your butt muscle into it. But it's like, you could still hold back a little bit. You could still... hold back a little bit more than that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but just, oh, my gosh, just fucking Linda. Um, just the what happened you know just this blood just (laughs) and it's just bursting out of her leg what do you think is happening and it is just um i love that just linda gets the ice pick and this real quick goes it goes at sasha gray i thought that was pretty funny um and just oh my gosh linda but that's that's the last the last we're gonna hear from linda um she you know does a nice you know of of all the deaths hers is probably the easiest one you know i think probably just to bleed out and just kind of pass out right um and then sasha gray like just to be a fucking asshole is just like oh i'm just gonna go just stab iris well and she gets the option which i thought was interesting like she gets the option of who she wants of anybody yeah and so at that point, you're like, okay, she's definitely going to stab someone. But then she gets dark with it. And she's like, can I stab them wherever I want? And I'm like, well, if that was an option, like... Yeah, there's you way think somebody else in the group? Go. Yeah. I, mm. So, and then she, she stabs her, like, in the like in the side of her torso. Yeah, which also seems pretty bad, it. too. There's, like, organs, yeah, you know? You, yeah, you don't see it. So I'm like, could you have not... Like, I don't know, like, would an arm be better... In that I mean, just situation some, some just muscly fleshy part i don't know i yeah i feel like that doctor really should have guided people through that a little better um so there so okay so i'm a little fuzzy what happens mm. next because at some point they're oh yeah Cal, so okay. cal goes and beats travis a few more times and mm-hmm. then we find so out at I, this at this point, this is where, um, yeah, it's Cal's turn. He chooses to um, Hit to strike Travis, and 
knowing full well that Travis is not going to make it out of that. And Travis is not dead. So I wonder if he, I wonder if he made it out alive. Um, he's not dead. He's dragged out of the room. And that's when Lucas says, like, make a run for it. Right. And they all then escape. Not, oh, they don't all escape the room. So, um, Iris escapes the room. Amy stays in the room and does not meddle or do anything with any, like anyone else. Mm -hmm. Lucas is fighting in the room. Correct? Yeah, everybody else stays in the room except for Iris. And Cal tries to attack Jeffrey Combs with the ice pick, which gets him shot. Yeah. And now he's dead and out and out of the game. Mm. Um, and then at that point, they all have to wait for Iris to try to escape because they they can't start the game until she's back or dead, presumably. So, okay, one funny thing that I noticed. So when Iris is running from Bevins, she runs up the stairs, and in the corner of the stairs, you can see like a giant like armor. And I just, like, had this, like, vision of Scooby-Doo, like, in my head of her, like, hiding in the armor, like, as Bevins passes by and then, like, creeping away. (laughs) Random. (laughs) Random thought. But I saw that armor and I was like, oh, that would have been fun if she put on the armor. Um, Yeah, and then you get um, a a lot of interesting things here. So another trigger warning. Right. Um, another trigger warning for sexual assault here and attempted rape. So Julian, world's worst son, um, intentionally says, like, I'll go help chase her, like, when he leaves the room, because he knows, he's like, there's a woman on the loose in the house, like, this is my opportunity. Like, that is, that's really, really fucked up that, like, he is just extreme predator mode like literally hunting her which is terrifying like and then you've got so he attacks her and dr barden (laughs) pops on the scene and wait she actually no she gets she stabs him first she gets away first she fights him off and what well i thought you know i say you know i wrote down you know iris runs away gets caught by the penguin and he says you know, you know, uh, why are you trying this and this and this? And he's like, you know, even if you got away and told, you know, whoever, you know, he says, no one's going to believe you. And I'm like, how, what makes you think? Like, I don't know. I would like, yeah, absolutely believe that he, he is admittedly. His dad would believe it even. Everybody would believe it. He knows what he's capable of. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. That's pretty. But she does a great job. She knees him in the nuts. And then stabs him in the thigh with the ice pick. Right. And once she has him disabled, that's when Dr. Barding comes in pointing the gun. And then wastes way too much time explaining, I'm sorry, this and this and this, this and this and this and this and this, and then just gets shot. He's, which I'm like, too late, dude. You're, yeah, fuck off, Dr. Barden. You go ahead and die. And, And even then, it's you didn't even need like you know we were talking about how he cut to that that shot of him like grabbing his gun or whatever while they were doing the uh the first mm-hmm. round and i um 
And I was just like, did you even need Dr. Martin like at all in any of this? No. Like he could have just been there at the beginning and that would have been it. And he's just getting paid off, like whatever. Yeah, exactly. Just show show him feeling guilty. He's getting paid. So you know how the dynamic works. And then you could not show him for the rest of the movie and things would have been fine. I'm not a big fan of fake out saviors, mm-hmm. which is exactly what he is. Like he he adds nothing, nothing. to that situation. Um could have deleted those scenes entirely absolutely and then bevins is like oh shit like i see what's going on here um who is bevins and what is like they don't i want to i want to know his backstory so much because clearly he's engaged like because he's like oh whatever it is like the card doesn't get picked of something and he's like maybe next year bevins and bevins is like oh you know you know like he's disappointed yeah like so he's enjoying this what is this relationship and then like i just i and they don't explain any of it nor did they really explain like anyone's background outside of like some very well i mean gosh i don't know so i mean but so they make it back to the um they bring iris back to the game Mm -hmm. and um you know i do appreciate all of these you know kind of like torture things that just keep getting like pulled out like it's like you know like av club day in like you know elementary school you know where it's like reading rainbow day rolling carts with yeah torture instruments <laughs> right or like the rolling cart with that like uh thing that yeah. like you know that light that projects onto the wall so like i don't know it's pretty funny not a project yeah. projector but you know <laughs> um yeah and I so thought... I and I'm assuming the only reason why Iris is still alive and able to participate in the game is because of Julian's indiscretion. Yeah. Because Amy's pissed that she didn't get shot for trying to run off. And and again, you just kind of you know, like Jeffrey Combs just not being very clear about the rules for you know, which should be a very simple game of Would You Rather. I um I mean I I appreciate that he makes the exception given the the hijinks and the indiscretion but uh so but i I can also see why amy would get mad too it'd be like hey look it's it's uh rules are rules we get if you know if we want things to be interpreted i don't know yeah he's like (laughs) it's my fucking game like i make the rules and i get to do what i want doesn't matter it's such an interesting dynamic that he apologizes to iris for Julian's actions and also at the same time excuses them because of his mother's death um so like it just such a such a weird dynamic there but also like this villainous moral compass where torturing people physically like through pain and you know shame and all of those things and death is fine but he has this like this line in the sand where he's like but not this and apologizes in the the world's worst apology but i just thought that was such a such a strange character trait to give him like i didn't really understand the reasoning behind that i don't understand the reasoning behind a lot of this movie but i but she gets back, right? And we do the uh, we do the the barrel and envelope situation, mm, right? Which is my um, favorite. Yeah, which is a fun one. I so it starts with who goes first here? Okay, so we start with Peter. Right? Peter. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So we start because... with Peter and he's the gambler. So he's like going through all these scenarios in his head of like, okay, like, you know, I'm a gambler. Like the obvious choice would be, you know, this. And he's like going through all the stakes in his head and he decides to go for the envelope, which two minutes in a barrel versus a mysterious envelope where you're given the impression that maybe it's something harmless. I don't know. What would you, what would you have chosen in that situation? Well, that's the thing because he says like, you know, or you can pick something that's in the envelope, you know, some worse, some relatively harmless. And I'm like, I don't know which ones are relatively harmless compared to that. I mean, I guess maybe, well, of course he lied, right? Yeah, (laughs) that's a total fucking lie. They're all worse. I think everything in the, in the envelope is worse, but, um, because what was it? It was. Well, the eye slice, while treacherous, is the most likely for survival. That is the one that I think could have been faked most easily i think you could just put it that close up and be like and like ah you know and just, you know cut maybe another part of like underneath and just have the blood coming out and just cover your eye been, yeah i'm sure he would have been like i'm gonna take another shot at that yeah i know right i um because you got rob wells peter who you know well is mm-hmm. not a very good gambler which is probably makes sense why he's there like i said he's probably I would be feeling lucky if I saw the firecracker and was like, okay, like a a second to third degree burn. I could handle that, but that's like dynamite. Yeah, it's a a quarter stick, right? And he, um, and oh my gosh, sorry, I was going to say here, but um, I don't know, like two minutes, it's, I don't think I could do two minutes, but the, I know he mentions that it's not even close to the world record. Let me look this up. World record we're holding not, We're skipping breath. the research team this time. Yeah, we don't need them. We're just getting straight to, hey, sorry, research team. We still need you. Um, do you want to guess what the record is? Yes. Yeah. He said it's not even close. Yeah. And there was a card with four minutes on it. Mm-hmm. Four minutes and 45 seconds. No, it is 24 minutes and 37 seconds. No way. How? You probably have to practice and work your way up to that. I'm not going to do any more research How? beyond that. Um, okay, that we're sending to the research team because that is what, like, you're a SEAL at that point. What? And Not a Navy SEAL, an actual SEAL. <laughs> and check this short. It checks this out. Um, also... I don't know, just this random site is also telling me that in short, the average, I feel like Joe Rogan, uh, just find some (laughs) random site and just lean on that. Um, In short, the average healthy person can hold their breath for three to five minutes. So I'm like, you know, so I would be taking, if I knew that, I'd be like, I think I got to take the two minutes. It's going to be really uncomfortable. Maybe I'll pass out before I like start like drowning. But and this is where like we, we lose Peter because he has a heart attack after his hand is blown off, which is definitely fair. fair. Um, After seeing what was in Peter's envelope, and yes, I am going to switch between the words envelope and envelope. Sure. It's free country. Would you then choose the card or the barrel? Because after seeing that, I would choose that fucking barrel and take my chances because my thought process was the same thing two minutes even if you let's say you make it the two minutes and you pass out you might inhale water 
they're going to try to resuscitate you. We've seen them like test to see if people can still play the game. Mm -hmm. So I feel like if you inhaled water and they were like, oh, I think they're still alive, maybe they would do some sort of CPR on me. I don't know. But I, I, I would go for the two minutes over the card. I go the two minutes over the card every single time. Because what you find out, right? Yeah. So Peter dies. And then Lucas oh, has to Lucas. slice his eye, right? And then, and then he Sasha... freaks out too. His reaction, I think that's his best acting, is when he freaks out. Because I would be doing the same thing. He's so calm and collected for everything up until that point. And then he just is. then he's just like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And you're just like, I'm like, am I supposed to like start feeling like bad? Like, I don't know. It's like, because then he's like, it sounds pretty convincing, but the acting's been so bad the whole time. Or it's like, I don't know. I just felt uncomfortable the whole time. And I was like, just get it over with, bro. Just stop complaining. Yeah. Just do it. You've made it this far. Especially because yeah. you don't have to blow up your hand. Um, I still think the eye things, which you have two eyes. Well, I guess you have two hands. Yeah. And but... like, he, he'd look hot with an eye patch. Yeah, he's see, got a good so, face structure for it. Nice, like squared jaw. Come on, easy. And um, of course, and then you go to Iris, who then I guess at some she, point she they didn't started... even think about that card. She got up so fast to go to that barrel, which I commend her for. Smart decision. Mm -hmm. So we were just talking about Iris doing it. We would absolutely pick the barrel, right? Yes. And she she does a pretty great job. Like she doesn't she's not coughing afterwards or anything. I was I was impressed. Oh yeah, I'd be delirious and throwing up and gasping and <laughs> I mean it says, you know, a healthy person, three to five minutes. I don't probably not I'm probably not in that uh in that range there. I have you ever watched a movie that has a scene that takes place underwater and you realize that the scene is going for a long time and they haven't they haven't taken a breath and so i've done this many times you rewind and start at the beginning of the scene and try to hold your breath mm -hmm. with the characters i fail every single time like i i don't think i'm making it past 60 seconds yeah and and I mean, that's comfort level, though, not survival. So who knows what you could actually do. And she's not, you're also not like swimming or doing any physical activity. You're literally just holding your breath. Yeah. So that also plays a factor. But I was really impressed by Iris there. I was like, okay, okay, I see you. Like strong competitor there. And then we like, I love that Lucas has to know what was in her card. Oh yeah. And and that Jeffrey Combs allows it. He's like, yeah, sure, why not? Just for funsies. Like Yeah. He's like, yeah, sure. Fuck it. Go with it. Oh, and it was pretty have bad. Had to pull all of your teeth. I would have uh Yeah. No, I still would have taken that. Yeah, I don't know. The yeah, the underwater thing, it's uh man. I think drowning has always freaked me out since uh I don't know how much Sonic the Hedgehog you play. But, um, you know, I'm so used to Mario where you like you can just be underwater all day. I mean, well, most oh, Mario yeah. games. And then Sonic the Hedgehog is like fucking stressful. If you don't, if you're not eating up those uh, air bubbles that pop up every now and then, you do the whoop whoop or like whatever sound yeah. that makes. Oh, it starts playing that super like stressful music and oh, it starts getting yeah, faster and faster. So I'm just thinking of like that is like she's being held underwater. 
know? And she's uh, having all those dramatic flashbacks, like about her brother talking about his nightmares of her and a bunch of people being stuck under a boat. I was like, what is that? He had a vision? Like, what? Why was that relevant? I have no idea. (laughs) But she makes it, though. Um, You know, gosh. And then. Sasha Gray still goes for the envelope after all of that. Like, why would you go for the envelope? Now that you've well, seen what all the envelopes are. You know why she went for the envelope. He said, so I feel like it was so strategic. So um, Jeffrey Combs says to her. Alludes to her backstory. Alludes to her backstory and says, how long, how long did your husband have to hold your daughter like under when he drowned her and it's like whoa that is a dark backstory like your husband drowned your daughter i know (laughs) and and like she avoids the barrel because of that but i'm like you saw what all three other cards had yeah why why would you choose that she was doing great up until that point and she gets four minutes yeah that's fucked up which is still like and like he says it's like hey it's within the range of a healthy person and not even close to the world record so uh you know not even close at all you could watch a whole episode of of parks and recreation i do like the awe the, the awe jeffrey combs has um when when iris does survive it he's just like wow <laughs> dang yeah. That's designed. That's designed to drown people. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, it's a bucket of water. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. I guess anything like, with a large amount of water is probably could be used yeah, that, to do that. That was pretty good. And he's he's disappointed when Amy dies because he's like, damn. If you would ask me in the beginning, I would have pegged her the winner. Mm, and I, I probably probably would have too. You know, I think there's a an aspect of winning over other people that needs to happen in that type of game because at that point she had gained so many enemies like i i just don't see like cause say she would have been in the in the final two and the same thing was proposed and she wasn't the first to go she'd be out there's no way you would save her if she killed a bunch of people yeah i wouldn't hmm. it's just the politics of it it's like uh lost round no no what's the other one survivor <laughs> i was gonna say rupaul's drag race all-stars that's the one too <laughs> they have to vote each other off rupaul is the only of those three that i've i've watched so i don't know why i <laughs> use the other two as examples um i also thought it was the, yeah that weird thing where like jeffrey combs tells uh peter like you know it could be a dud you never know maybe and then Peter's like, is it, if it's a dud, do I have to go again? And then, of course, you know, Jeffrey Combs making his own rules as he goes. It's like, nah, nah, you're good. But yeah. I'm like, he's like, it's what, not. what, not what, dud. again, man, just the, the poor, the poor gambling decisions. It's like, what, what do you, what, what chances do you think that that thing's going to be a dud? Well, and also, I wonder if there was a chance and that, and Jeffrey Combs just does that for his own surprise and delight. Like maybe one out of 100 of those is a dud. And he's like, oh, there it is. He got it. Found it. <laughs> Look at you. Huh. Wow. Lucky. Well, yeah. You should hit the casino. <laughs> Dang. 
<laughs> yeah, I know. Um, and so, like, I feel like the movie kind of, you know, stutters a little bit here because you go from, you know, like a pretty good round to then you have two people left. You've got Lucas and Iris left in this mm-hmm. game, you know, and they, they sit each sit each other across, you know, or they sit them across from each other. And it's pretty simple, right? Where it's just like, mm-hmm. here you go, Iris. Here's his gun. But he says, I like, well, I like that he says, like, the first player gets an advantage here. So they flip the coin. And Iris is given first pick. So in this situation, if she said, like, oh, let's both leave, would they have then passed it to Lucas and make him do the same choice? Because that would be the fair way to do it, right? Mm, I guess it never got to that Or is Jeffrey point. Combs just doing more of his misleading language where he's like, oh, the first turn hasn't has an advantage but the advantage is you get to decide how the game ends probably the goof <laughs> he's so silly i know what a, what a stop hey 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 stop joshing come on come on and I, I love i love that she kills him before he starts to share his backstory because she's like nope i don't want to know it i know my backstory and that's all i need which would you have done me mm-hmm. hmm. after being through all after going through all of that okay i'm gonna tell you my immediate thing yeah shoot him absolutely yeah that's my I immediate made, thought as well made it made it this far you know what mm-hmm. fuck it and it's and then but see but the challenge though is because again the rules are so vague i i would wouldn't want like if i'm like look if i like am i getting away with this like scot free am i cool yeah like are you gonna like pin this murder on me yeah. Like I, you know, like I think she says at one point, just like, oh, you know, at least when he's talking about Iris, you know, Jeffrey Combs is saying, oh, gosh, she's got no family, no one who's going to be looking for mm-hmm. her. It's perfect, you know? So, I mean, you're assuming everybody else is in that same predicament, which is just a lot of very, a lot, a lot of, of variables, quali- a lot of variables and qualifications to meet, to join. So, and again, just yeah. no, no idea how often he does these parties or is it annually? He said he references last year. Okay, so annually, and he says right. next year to Bevan. Yeah. So I'm assuming this is an annual event. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh, definitely, I would shoot him. You would too. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I would shoot him. Uh, after being through all of that, if it was, I if I had come that far and I knew that that was the only option for, gosh, really, almost any of my family members' survival, like. Mm-hmm. I, I think I, I would have shot him. Yeah, I think for us to escape together, it's and not get any money. I feel like everybody else would have died for died for nothing. Yeah. You know? Come there on, let's go. honor. That's a, that's a good way to spin it. Yeah. Like someone's that's got, like, good. you mean, so like after all that, like I would say, you know, and someone to not get the money? Like, geez, come on. That's definitely... I don't know. That'd be my rationing behind it. Yeah, my my only thing is I would have aimed for the head. Just made it, you know, because you never know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm... she shot him right in the heart. Brutal. Yeah, which I and mean, why I... that old? Why that old timey revolver instead of like a regular current <laughs> right? gun? Like it's I... so like dramatic. Right. That that wooden revolver. 
Um, the other thing that, and you can correct me if I'm if I'm wrong here. Yeah. But we don't get we don't get any backstory for Cal, Mm-mm. right? And we don't get any backstory for Linda. No. <laughs> what what yeah. possibly? What was going on? What I mean, could other- she have been there for? I'm so curious. I don't like Cal. Fine, whatever. Like we'll just assume he was down on his luck, like everybody else. But what was Linda's situation? Mm. No, I mean, I guess she was going into the hospital. So you'd assume maybe it was some sort of like, maybe like medical debt, possibly. Again, again, context for if you live in the US, retiring in these parts is not easy. And she's got a lot of medical bills, too. So maybe she was like, I'm like, I'm out here working still like I should be retired. I've got all this debt. So Linda just wanted to go on her cruise and maybe move into a nice 55 plus four seasons community. I like that. Maybe she was just, um, you know, I don't know, maybe, you know, her granddaughter is, you know, like, you know, selling gift wrap for her school and she needs, you know, it's, it's some some like ridiculous. She wants her to get the big prize. So she wants her to get like, the if big I could prize. Just win a bunch of money. I love and the, and then the it's probably just like a pretty like not that bad. I mean, I don't know how much it costs for every single gift wrap in that thing. I don't know. I think I remember selling gift wrap, but oh, yeah. it could be a lot. But I'm curious to see like what the total money that be. Because I just like the idea of it's like you know Linda's doing it for like. <laughs> it's a pretty nominal fee like not that much money like she's she's doing she's doing it for something really low stakes in her normal life and comes into this game that is way too high stakes for what she signed up for also (laughs) let's just think about for a moment that our schools had us selling things for them to make money to fund the school oh yeah child labor it's you know this is this, this yeah it is uh this movie and the way we relate to it is all just so distinctly, you know. You I don't know. It really I, political. Yeah, I know. Jeez, I. Wow. Um, Look at that. Who knew being anti-child labor is a is a is a political thing? But here we are these days. <laughs> um, so she, you know, shoots him. And like I said, I, I feel like it, it, the movie just kind of kind of sputters out at the end here because she she kills him and then it's like oh okay cool game's over all right did it yeah and then he like insists on getting the thank you which is so cringy yeah like that's awful i um more so than lucas even cutting into his own eye like (laughs) and he's like i think a thank you is in order i'd be like (laughs) do I have to say thank you to keep the money? Is this another would you rather situation? Right. <laughs> because fuck you. Oh, no. Oh, man. I, um, <laughs> and then she goes home and, and gets, you know, she checks on her brother. He's like, you know, doesn't on the go side. to the hospital. Doesn't go to the hospital. Wound. Yeah. She's been stabbed. Interesting choice. Um, and she, 
it's just like, all right, I'm just going to like take a shower, wipe this off me, you know, rest, blah, 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 blah. And, and again, just fuck. And then she goes to see her, her brother and then to find out that he has overdosed on, um, prescription medication when you see the bottle next to him lots of it and see that he has passed away and Mm -hmm. uh and has taken his own life and and it's like just the weird like just how i don't know (laughs) it's like i think the movie thinks it's like pulling like a fast one on you and it thinks it's like Mm. a like a twist necessarily but it's just like I don't know. I think maybe the old me <laughs> would have not been as like perturbed by this, but like just this like, ha, see too late. Everything you did, it doesn't even matter because he's fucking dead and no one wins and you get nothing. I feel like there should be like an exchange policy where like within 24 hours, you can go back and be like, no, no, I need the money for something else or I need help with something else, you know, just in yeah, case. Yeah. You know um, what? Actually, I'll take that Ferrari. Um, okay. So here, so the first time that I watched this, I remember being like, oh, like that's a, that's a cheap twist or like a cheap trick that, you know, the brothers is gone. Not like the Um, acclaimed, uh, pop punk, pop rock band, cheap trick, but yes. (laughs) Yeah. But this time, okay. I looked at it through a different lens and I, I was trying to make it like more heartfelt than it probably is. But I was like, you know, he risked her life and risked everything for her brother. And he, like, you can see it in like his gazes and the conversation that they have. Like, clearly there's a lot of like guilt there of her caring for him. Like he ends up taking his own life for whatever reasons that he chose but I was like was that like supposed to be their like their way of trying to be heartfelt and show like the bond between them that they were both like so invested in like each other's survival and wellness that you know he he made that decision so I was like were they trying to make like a tender moment out of this like weird twist suicide situation or was I just have I just gone softer and I'm trying to find like a sweet spin on a sad and tragic situation. I think it's a sad and tragic situation that the movie does not know how to handle delicately or intelligently enough where it's like, you know, I, you were giving this movie way too much credit by (laughs) saying that like, you know, he, is you know they're together just looking out for each other he sees himself as a burden at this point you know which is which is unfair and it's yeah and i think just like it but then to use it as like (laughs) just the the bullshit twist you know you're just like yeah because i mean we knew that he like we knew that he was dying so he could he very well could have just died in his sleep like without him taking his own life and that could have been their twist and that is what i that's what i remembered happening but so clearly i was wrong i just imagine the prep work that would it would take i mean jeffrey combs must have already had to have found the 
the donor match right like mm-hmm. to even begin like approaching her with any of that yeah. so hmm. yeah he must uh well i guess i don't know you have that kind of money i'm just trying to think yeah if you have that kind of money you could find that that donor real fast i guess i, I just there's always trust... there's always someone at the ready but they go to you know whoever's on the waiting list first right but yeah, so the movie just pretty, just kind of abruptly, you know, just kind of sputters to an end and just <laughs> just ends there. And yeah. um, and that is Would You Rather. So as you all know, we have a patent pending. So please be courteous and kind. We have a patent pending five boo rating scale. Um, and the you, you've pre- you've prepared a, a, a boo rating for this episode, Natalie. I sure have. Gosh, and then you went last. You went first last time, right? I did go first last time, so I'm passing the ball to you. Passing the ice pick over to me, <laughs> um, so to speak. I am. Yeah, you know, I remember this movie being more more fun. I mean, I think it was in some ways. I think that there were some characters you don't need. You know, mm-hmm. the doctor, the doctor for most of it, you did not need. The penguin, you did not need. I, you could have cut him out of the movie kind of entirely. And It's a short movie. Like, I, yeah. I feel like if they started cutting characters and things, oh man, we would lose. It would be like a short film. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, industry legend Jeffrey Combs, he'll get you half a st- half a boo. He, he definitely gives you half a boo. No matter what. Um, mm-hmm. I am going to give this mm, two and a half boos. Wow. Two and a half boos. I think it's fine. I think it's a that's fine lower. Movie. That's lower than I thought you were going to go. Me too. I, um... It's two and a half is not bad by any means. This is a fine movie. Um, I think when it starts getting into like the ugh, not so great, it's going to be the one and a half ones. Like even a two boo movie is like, eh, whatever. It's fine. It's, but this one is, and maybe we can bump me up to a three. I don't know. I'm going to say this movie has, again, you got a lot of fun people in it. I think I would have liked to have seen um, maybe some more of exploring the house. And I would have liked Mm. to have seen more of like, just kind of clear like backstories of everybody, except for, you know, I mean, Iris gets, gets hers and like, yeah, I mean, you know, it's not even like Peter says like, Oh, I've got gambling debt. This is me just assuming because he just mentions, Oh, you know, my Mm -hmm. history is a gambler and this and this and this and this. And he says it before everything. Um, I, the the acting's pretty bad. I think the, especially June Squibb, just not knowing, just Linda not knowing what movie she's in. Although I do like the (laughs) idea of like, it's just to like, yeah, some just low dollar amount situation where she's like she's just lonely on a friday night she thought she she thought she was gonna win 500 bucks and like like at like at the when she wins big at the bingo night yeah right like maybe she got in a fight with someone else you got got a heated argument you know at bridge night and so she needed (laughs) to take a week off so i don't know 
<laughs> but yeah, I'm going to say two and a half. I think it's fine. It's, um, okay. you know, I love Jeffrey Combs. He is always good. He does. Yeah. But just the movie makes no sense whatsoever, but I do like just the concept and you get two stars alone just for having some sort of dumb game and everyone in just a vaguely kind of mm-hmm. clue dinner party situation. That'll get you plenty of, plenty of booze. I'm sorry. I think I said stars. Um, so so basically we got one boo for the dinner party one boo for the game aspect and then half a boo for jeffrey combs yeah yeah, yeah that, that, that that adds up okay so how about you okay i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna give you some context here no it's not five okay <laughs> I'm, g- I'm gonna give you some context. Context. So, more context, more context than the movie is ever going to provide for us. Well, here's here's the thing. I have to like apply logic to a system that definitely isn't logical, which is our like our five boost scale because my scores are all over the place. But in my mind, three stars is like average but very entertaining and with flaws that maybe i can't forgive if that makes sense so like Mm -hmm. i really enjoy the movie and it has some things that like i would change or i i think they could have done better which is why i would put i'm I'm gonna put this one at three because i do find it extremely entertaining like the whole time i'm interested in what's going on with the exception of the doctor Mm -hmm where a four star would vary is like it's just as entertaining it's a thrill ride it's fun and it has things wrong with it but i just don't care like any flaws like the movie is so fun for me that i just don't care and you could you could argue logic with me all you want it doesn't matter i enjoy the movie and it's just complete bias so that's my that's my difference between three and four i'm gonna i'm gonna give this one a a wobbly three not a solid three like it's teetering back towards two and a half, but I'm going to land it on a three. I like it. Um, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I feel like, you know, I have, mean, I've watched this had, movie. Have we had a five star yet? Yeah. Death Becomes Her. You gave a, a five boo movie. Oh yeah. That was my five star. Yeah. Yeah. Five boos. Yeah. A five stars. Fuck stars. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> a lot of profanity tonight. Yeah, man. Um, gosh. Three booze. Yeah, I'm gonna stick with two and a half. I'll see how I'm feeling. Maybe if I wanna, you know, maybe we 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 revisit, you know, our boo ratings after a certain while and see how we're still feeling about them. But I I'm I'm gonna stick with that two and a half. You know, you have. Yeah, you're always gonna get a two. Well, I don't know. I'll say that I change my rules every time. I was gonna say you're always gonna get a two if you're a dinner party game I, night I situation. Think I think there's exceptions where you can have your booze taken away if you don't execute the dinner party or game aspect of it well. I think this movie does both of those things well. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. Wasn't there wasn't there a movie that we watched that takes place with a bunch of teenagers in a cabin? And they play some sort of game. I I'm sure this has happened in many movies, <laughs> but I remember watching that and thinking, 
even with the game this is a terrible movie yeah and why is that even a part like it, it shouldn't even be a part of the movie and that's a perfect example of like you can't recover if your movie is that bad that's it mm, I'll have to remember. i'm gonna figure I'll... out what i'm gonna figure out what movie that was run it up to the research team i know which one you're talking about because i remember just the game itself being pretty convoluted which i mean as yes com even compared to some, you know this like you know how just the roles he just makes up as he goes but um yeah i don't know yeah gosh i always feel like we're generally pretty close i i feel like we're always like you know i mean maybe between death becomes her because you had such a high you know i feel like we're mm -hmm. always kind of within a boo half a boo so i like it yeah oh yeah. i it will be interesting when we get to a movie where we don't have a similar similar rating mm. there's there's a few there's a few of them on my list that i think that you would rate higher than i would that would be quite controversial i so, think so that that are on our list i did like urban legend quite a lot you did like urban legend <laughs> quite a lot and the more <laughs> more more about urban legend for a moment the more i think about it i was like okay Urban Legend is really fun. Urban Legend Final Cut is rough to watch. There's a third one that I don't know if you've ever seen, but I've never seen it. Mm -hmm. It's called Urban Legend Bloody Mary. It's a supernatural killer, not a person. So it completely shifts from a slasher to like a ghost. Is it like a situation? You know, the third, I know what you did last summer, I think is also supernatural. Yes. I'll always know what you did last summer. Yeah. That's a terrible movie. Mm, yeah, it was. Yeah, we, we did watch we that. We did together. watch it. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah, don't worry. We won't cover that here. I can't see yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I am curious to watch Urban Legend Bloody Mary, but I don't know that we'll we'll have a full conversation. <laughs> yeah, geez. Well, I'll watch it with you. Just, just wanted to throw that one out there. Anything else you want to touch base on uh, regarding Would You Rather? No. Yeah, me neither. I think, I, think that, I think that about covered it. I think we're pretty thorough. Okay, one more thing. One more thing. <laughs> All right. Brittany Snow in this movie compared to, and I know these are two completely different roles, but her growth as an actress between this movie and X. She's great in X. Tremendous because in X, she is like my favorite thing about oh, yeah. that movie. Like she's my favorite person. I, I just love her character. I think she's so great in it. So lots of growth on Brittany Snow's part because I wasn't like, I, I didn't have anything against her at this point, but I wasn't really a fan. And X made me a fan of her. Yeah, I think she's probably the most compelling person, especially, you know, even yeah. even when you have Mia Goth playing those two characters there. I think, uh, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I liked Brittany Snow's character a lot. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So I just wanted to give her a, give her a shout out. Good for her. Yeah, we're, we're, we're Brittany Snow fans here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, everybody. Appreciate y'all. Thanks for sticking around. Thanks for hearing us out. Uh, gosh. Thanks, Natalie. Take care. Thanks, Kyle.
Have a good night. You too. Three, two, one, ghost. Thanks for listening to our episode on Would You Rather. If you've made it this far, you may not have realized, but you've non-verbally agreed to play a game of Would You Rather with me. Here we go. Would you rather follow us on Instagram at 321GhostPod or have me stab Kyle in the thigh with an ice pick? Second challenge. Would you rather follow us on Twitter or X or whatever else we're calling it these days at 321GhostPod or have Kyle's head held underwater for two minutes? Never mind. We're giving up on Twitter, officially, before it's even begun. Last challenge. Would you rather leave us a review or make Kyle slice his eye with a razor blade. If you'd like to send us an email to check on Kyle or give us any feedback or suggestions, you can email us at 321ghostpod at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. Make good choices. 3, 2, 1, ghost.